Alrighty, you're listening to CNC Replay. I'm Chris. I'm Noelle. Yay! I'm Corey, and Chris got it right. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice. It went right over my head. <laughs> See, that's how it should be. You shouldn't notice if it's wrong, or if, well, I mean, if, you shouldn't notice if it's right. You should notice if it's wrong. Don't rain on Chris's parade. The reason why I uh, I I remembered is because I got ripped on for one of my buddies, Steve, who listens. Hi, Steve. Listens to the podcast and. Uh, Thank you. I remember now. So Steve doesn't right. sound like a real person. <laughs> Quick, be, let me be get real. Is this Muriel? No. <laughs> no, he's he is in my wedding party. He is a very real human being. Okay. Very sus, real human being. Okay. I know. A little sus, but oh well. We got a lot to talk about today, guys. There is a it was a yeah, it was a pretty decent week and uh a lot happened and we're starting off with the Sveshnikov goal, right? Is that is that what we're starting off? Michigan basketball elite eight. Oh please, please. (laughs) That is all. Okay. Um we're gonna start with the wings, right? I need to formally apologize for saying last week um that we were no longer falling downhill slowly into a dumpster fire. We were just slowly falling downhill into flat surface. The wings like to prove me wrong um, because the next two games, we went zero three and zero or zero two zero three. And then the third game was seven to one. Hey, but we so, scored a goal in that game. Uh, Bobby Ryan saved us for going the longest amount of time without scoring. By Hallelujah. Yes. God, I love Bobby Ryan. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I do I love Bobby him. Ryan. We can talk about Bobby Ryan some other day. Him and his blue <laughs> eyes. Um, but we need. I, I'm just gonna rephrase what I said. And now we're just on a roller coaster that sometimes drives through dumpsters on fire, and then other times is in the clouds. That's where we're at right now. That's like <laughs> week to week. Yeah. No, I think I think it's really funny how again we give we give this team. Hey. We don't suck as bad. We're not the Sabres. Like, that's cool. We're actually playing yeah. competitive hockey. And then we just go through this horrendous stretch. And like, then we like to prove all the podcast people wrong. Right. But exactly. we're not here to focus on the bad. We're here to focus on the good because then the Red Wings turn it around and they actually look like a competent NHL team and uh, sweep a series or a weekend series against Columbus, who maybe isn't that great this year, but they've always, always had trouble with um, through. I mean, since in the, in the, you know, most recent history of, uh, of Red Wings hockey, but who who haven't the Red Wings struggled against in recent history, the Habs Habs, cough, cough, Montreal. Um, So, but yeah, I'm sorry. Wait a second. You guys say that we, we cream Montreal. We went four. We went. We swept them all four games last season. Last. Season. Oh, okay. Last okay, season. yeah. Last season. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the last game I went to in the season before. We lost eleven to one. Like I. That's, that's the last thing I remember about the abs. Okay. Recent sorry. History. Yeah. Two years is too far. No Suck the abs. It, it was really a, a statistical anomaly. The Red Wings like had like what twelve wins last year, um, yeah. and 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 like forty percent of them were against one team. <laughs> can you imagine coach being max toby losing all four years to the two <laughs> so can you can you just imagine the the nhl this year has been like like retweeting like graphics of like the divisional records of teams like against other teams like so just uh, look at like if they did that for detroit last year it's just like oh one in six like Two and two and four, and then all of a sudden you see against Montreal five and zero oh, or six <laughs> yeah. and zero. Oh. It's just like what the heck happened here? Montreal <laughs> is bad, and then it's like no, Montreal was kind of good. Um, beside the point, um, I mean, there's we we can talk a lot about you know just some development of some younger guys. Chalowski is finally playing, um, which is, which is good. Um, and I, I was listening to so Mickey funny. Redmond. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody is. Uh, probably even Chalowski. He's probably pretty happy about it too. Um, I imagine so. Uh, I was listening to Mickey Redman in the post game on, it was before the predators uh, debacle. Um, he was saying that um, the, the people from Grand Rapids scouts, coaches, whatever were saying that uh, Chalowski was their best 
defenseman um, from the start of the year and was playing with the most confidence out of any of the players. So it's like if you're getting a report back, especially for a young player who's playing with confidence and then also is coined with he's our best defensive prospect right now. I mean, if Cider was there, that would be different. Then you have to give the guy a look. And I mean, honestly, why not? We're rolling out sometimes Biega out there. And I mean, he can't, he can't do much worse than anybody else that we, we put out, even though the defense from years prior has been a, I think a huge step forward for this team. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's really cool. And then I think every, every day, we see Chil- or not Chalowski, uh Shvechnikov play. Yep. The the reasons why he hasn't been playing makes less sense. Every day. Yeah. Every peer every shift. Like I, I no, I I agree. And like even my dad was saying, like, he's got three goals in eight games. And like for I mean, that does, that sounds a bit pedestrian, but like these are fantastic for the wings. The, but these aren't consecutive games either. This is like, okay, he plays two and then he's like sitting for five games and then he plays three more. And so like, he's not consistently that this is like, cause baseball, it's a, it's a different sport. I understand, but baseball is a sport of rhythm. So uh, you get a guy um, who has a, a big day one day. Usually he's going to put a couple of those games together and then have a hot week where he's like batting like 500 um, for like, a week, but that's because he's playing every day. He's getting those reps and you know, he's, he's getting mm-hmm. in this consistency. So to equate kind of what's going on, that would be like if somebody in major league baseball was playing every third day, but still is getting two hits every third day without having a rhythm in his play. Yeah. So, and Shvechnikov, when he plays that, he doesn't look like a young inexperienced player. He looks like a solid NHLer. So, do we try to explain this further about Shvechnikov? <laughs> or I don't because to me and my dad were talking, and it's like they like they're not playing him because they don't want people to get film on him. But he already cleared waivers at the beginning of the year, so yeah. It's I, I'm, I I'm, wonder is it like they can't protect him for yeah Seattle? Like yeah, I, they probably won't. But that's you have to oh, no. You have to look at it too. Oh no! Giving Chalowski playing time as well. They're not going to protect him either. Nope. I mean, they might, but they would have to get for them to protect Chalowski and or Shvechnikov. You would have to get Nielsen and DeKaiser to waive their no movement clauses, which we talked about in previous weeks. But there's no indication of that either. So, I mean, we as a fan and especially as a fan of a team that you hope has a competent GM, unlike the Detroit Tigers, um, you, you kind of sit there and it's like, you know what? I don't know what's going on, but I know that the guy who's in the press box knows what's going on. And like, he's confident in those moves. I, I, I kind of get this sense that like, not that Eisenman doesn't know what he's going on. I don't think this is a bad thing either. I think Eisenman's hands are tied and I think he's pretty frustrated. Yeah. He's like, I've got these young players that I want to have play um, and I want to develop, but I don't want to lose them to, to Vegas. And I know, or not Vegas. I don't want to lose them to Seattle in the expansion draft. And I don't want them just to be buried in the minors because I know that they're better than AHL caliber players so what do you do and i saw that brome has been sent to grand rapids which i think Mm -hmm. we could all see coming um poor guy but i think it's good that you know now we're seeing these young players play i don't think philpola has touched the ice in three three weeks i I think the same is for nielsen as well rasmus rasmussen scored a goal he's going to get protected or or whatnot i think this is only his second year so he can Again, we don't know any of the rules, <laughs> so we're just kind of—it's all speculation for us on this end. Yeah. But, um, you're beginning to see, you know, the young players play, and you know, maybe they'll get blown out of the blown out of the building with some of those stretches. But I mean, to lose seven to one and then come back and win two games in a row with a third-string goalie um, is well, pretty we, impressive. Yeah. Do we want to talk about the fact that we didn't mention Jonathan Bernier getting hurt last week? Like yeah. we, he got hurt in, I don't know, period three or something. Mm-hmm. And then Gagne finished and got the win, which was good. 
Um, and then Grace, Grace finished. God Grace, sorry. Whoa. No, you're good. Grace. You're good. I was like, what game <laughs> nope. did I miss? Holy cow. <laughs> Gagne suited up. It was real weird. No. Uh, <laughs> you probably could. I like yeah, Gagne I a lot. I really I know. Do. I think he's, he's a good. Player. He's, I mean, he's a fine player, but he's a good guy. Solid. I mean, he, for the price tag too, he's making under a million dollars. I mean, true. what, what more do you want from a bottom six winger? So Mm-hmm. I digress. No, I'll continue. Yeah. Um, so Grice finished, got the dub, all good. And then I said my shtick about no longer being in the dumpster fire. And then we lost three straight games. Correct. Uh, where Grice was in goal, I think. I think he was in goal for all three of them. Grice because was putrid. He has not, nope. not lived up to what he was broadcast to be. Bad. Yes. Yeah. And that first game was great, (laughs) but ever since then, it wasn't good. Like we, I guess we know that goalies are voodoo just in all iterations of what they are. Mm -hmm. And so I imagine that shifting from it to a new team is really hard. um, When you are the only person in your position on the ice and like, you don't have your, you don't have people to like support you. Um, But in the same fashion, Stop some pucks, please. Yeah. Stop. Stop some. Yeah. Just, just a couple. Now I will. I will say he's got terrible puck luck because for whatever reason, whenever he is in that, the Red Wings are like, "Hey, what's a goal? We don't know what that is." And then they yeah. don't. But, okay, but like, yes, I agree with that. But also, they didn't score a ton with Pickard in goal. Like they did that one game. The the. Well, I guess they got two empty nets for the five. Yeah. Two one. So like that, like. If they didn't get those empty nets, they just won by one. Uh huh. Yeah. So like they're not scoring a ton. No, they're not a Pickerton goal. They're not a high caliber scoring team. But but still, like it's like I, I look at look at the goal support for Grice as compared to the rest of the the NHL. Um, he gets. I think he averages less than one goal a game. Yeah. Less than one goal is his app. So, so, I mean, I, I, I'm always a big defender of goalies for whatever reason. Jimmy Howard is just like, you know, the dog that needed to be put down his last couple of years. But like, you know, he had the, he had the accolades beforehand. So that's why you like let him go out there. But Grice doesn't have that luxury here. And I know that he doesn't get any goal support and that can play into the psyche of a, of a, of a player, <laughs> but you still, you still have to be a professional and stop pucks. And he, yeah. it's, it's not, I mean, what, what more evidence do you need? I know. And at like this point where everybody's talking about like Bernier being on the trade block, which understandably, I mean, people making a, a playoff run are going to need better, uh, better goaltending. Like he's a good guy for that. Mm-hmm. But what are, who are we going to throw in that? Because Calvin Pickard's got two games under his belt, and I don't know how much farther he's going. I'm happy that he's doing as well as he has, but good Pick- sakes. Pickard was supposed to be uh, a, a highly touted goaltending prospect. He jumped around a couple different teams, um, went into the minors. I think uh, um, he started in Toronto, and then he was in uh, – Colorado and was supposed to be their goalie of the future. And then I think he gets taken um, in the Vegas expansion draft, if I'm not mistaken, or it might've been, he started in Colorado, got traded to Toronto um, and then gets taken from in the expansion. And then he bounced around. And, and so I, if I'm not mistaken, Picard or Pickard, or I can't, I can't, I'm drawing a blank, but he was supposed to, he was supposed Pickard. to be Pickard. He was supposed to be somebody pretty solid. And so I, I don't know. I mean, you look at Jordan Bennington um, and he was a guy who burst on the scene was rookie of the year in the NHL and in a league where you consistently have guys th- that are younger than the age of 21 coming and not, and not skipping a beat uh, yeah. in the transition to the game. He was like late twenties. Yeah. He in, was in like 26. Six. I think he was twenty-seven. So, like, how old is he? I'm. I'm not saying that Calvin is 
going to be a Bennington and he's going to pop off, but I'm just Bennington saying was 25. Okay. But that's yeah. fairly old. Like that's, right. that, You're right. that's, that's major league baseball levels of rookie. And that, and we all know that you can't compare those, those ages. Um, but I'm not, I'm not saying that he's going to transition into a Bennington and, and it, depending on who you ask from blues fans, that they don't think Bennington's that great anyway, but development for NHL goalies, takes longer for whatever reason. I don't really know. You don't have a, I mean, Fleury was in the league when he was like four years old and is still in the league, but I I mean, I don't know. So like, I mean, this is, I mean, we, the, the Red Wings are notorious for not having a a solid goaltending prospect, Um, but not having a solid goaltending prospect could mean that this guy just needs years on years to develop because Keith Petrozuli, is that his name or Petrozelli? Petrozelli. Um, he's like apparently whatever he goes, he's been like the man. Um, mm-hmm. But still, he's yep. he he, he, he hasn't even pretty well. He, he hasn't even sniffed the AHL yet, has he? No. So he's that's still over over in Europe. So like that's, I don't think that's a cause for concern. But I'm just saying, uh, I I guess you have to be patient with your goaltending and and. Maybe when you see guys like a Jack Campbell who's in Toronto right now, he's been in the league for quite some time, and he's finally showing some success um, that it takes longer for these guys to develop. So, um, yeah, I don't know. But Grice is like 36 years old, and he's been poop this past month. So, yeah, Yeah, he's been not good. Nope. And speaking of not good. Really uh, quick. Yeah. One thing I want to say. Oh, it was such a good transition. Sorry. It's okay. We won two games, but if I'm not mistaken, we had Svechnikov, Rasmussen, Giovanni Smith, Zadina, and Chalowski. Was that true? Smith and Smith. Smith They they counted, didn't they? No, Smith is back on the taxi squad. Yes. That was today. Correct. That was today. But for the past two games, they've all played together, right? Smith Uh, wasn't playing now. No, Smith wasn't playing. I thought Smith was playing. I could have swore I saw him play yesterday. Mm -mm. Hmm. Well, still, hey, that's four no. prospects, baby. No, the young, guys are, games. Well. The young, young guys, guys are playing, are playing well. really well. And it shows. That's that's what's exciting. Is And this is just like not even half of our prospects. Like this is like this skimming the surface pretty much of like the talent that we have coming up. And we're already at a point where we can win games with just that. So I'm excited. I'm hoping that it continues. I'm praying it continues. Sorry. Speaking of bad. Speaking of bad. Uh, deal. Tim Peel. Come on down. Um, if you've been anywhere on Twitter in the last week, you've probably heard that name. Uh, the BBC did a story on it, which is crazy. Um, Tim Peel, during the Predators-Red Wings game, uh, oh, yeah. had a hot mic <laughs> capture. Which... Those hot mics will get you. Depending on who you ask, is like a whatever thing. Uh, because we all know that it happens. So basically the story is that while, um, while the, the Preds and the wings are playing, the Red Wings got called, um, on a, I don't know, I don't remember what the call was, but, uh, they had a penalty against them. So they got, uh, the Preds got a two minute power play, uh, come into the next couple minutes. And then the, Predators get a tripping call on them. That was a little suspect if you watched the replay, because I'm pretty sure the Red Wing just tripped over his own feet. Um, and then during gameplay again, after he announced the announced the penalty and what it was, and had the guy go to the box, uh, Tim Peel's Tim Peel's mic was still hot, and he's talking to Philip Forsberg at this point, and goes, uh, "Yeah, I just wanted to get an effing." penalty against the Preds in the beginning or like early on, you know, and then it cut out. So the fallout happens. It happened fairly quickly. I was a little shocked. Super quick. Um, most people, when that happened, they were all just kind of like, um, did everybody catch that? Everybody had clipped it and posted on Twitter. and like, Oh, this happened. They were caught. Cool. But the NHL is going to do nothing. Like we all expected the NHL to just be like, hand slap don't do that um but instead what they did 
was issued a statement saying that Tim Peel has, um, I can't remember the word I'm looking for, has uh, not upheld the spirit of what we're trying to do. Uh, and so he will no longer be allowed to ref an NHL games. That phrasing is very key because it didn't say he was fired. It didn't say that, you know, like that was, that was his punishment. And basically it was just an early retirement because he was, he, his last game was in a month anyways. Mm. So this opened up a whole other can of worms that people are going, this happens in every sport, yeah. every sport. We all know that makeup calls exist. We all know that they happen. The only difference between this situation and every other situation is that it was caught on tape. So Tim Peel kind of gets out like a scapegoat in this situation because it's not changing anything in the NHL system or in the refing system. It's just putting a bandaid over a bullet hole. Yeah. Thoughts, comments, concerns, questions. <laughs> I, I think you hit it on the head here. I mean, every everybody and their mom knows that makeup calls happen. I mean, I was watching. Mm-hmm. There was a. Michigan played uh, LSU in the for the right to go to the Sweet 16 last weekend, and uh, Michigan in the I think it was the second half. Um, it was a horribly officiated game on both sides, so each each team got you know good calls and bad calls against them and for. Um, but Michigan in the first like two minutes of the ha- second half went out ahead and got four fouls on called on them, and it's like. That's a lot for the first two minutes of a half, like regardless of everything is ticky tack mm-hmm. or, or however the people are going to call the game. And then I'm sitting there. I'm like, yeah, that sucks, but this is going to even out. Lo and behold, Michigan doesn't get another foul call until um, LSU gets their fifth in the half. So mm-hmm. like we know this happens and we've seen it in real time and we are able to talk to ourselves like, Hey, like, Nashville got two penalties early on. That's going to even out later in the game. And then it's like, ah, oh, well, that we that was a weak call, but that's kind of a makeup call. So, Noel, you hit it on the spot. I mean, that's everybody knows what's going to happen. But I, I, on paper, to actually have an, a, a representative of your officiating crew caught saying like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. We do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bad. Is not it's, good. It's really especially, bad. Especially, and I didn't think about this until I listened to, pod, to a podcast today, especially when you have betting companies working with your with your league. Yeah. Because that is physical, solidified proof that they are doing something to sway a little bit of the game. Which, if you are a betting company, is not a good thing. That is not how you make your money. And so that's, you know, yes, there had to be, I think it was a good thing that they responded that way and that the NHL took care of it. But at the same time, it's not taking care of the problem. He is a symptom of the greater underlying issue. You get what I'm saying? No, I understand that. But you can't fix that. There's no way for you to fix that. Like yeah. I, it's not, it's not an NHL issue. It's it, you're right. No, I know it, it's a professional or even collegiate sport issue. Like yeah. you, you go any, any game anywhere with referees, except maybe major league baseball. Cause major league baseball is, <laughs> it's got, it's, it's got its own know. issue. The, the, so the fact that angel Hernandez, do you know who angel Hernandez yep. is? Noel and, and Chris. Yes. Um, Okay, so Angel Hernandez is is known as a horrendous umpire, but he's a part of the umpire union, and you know, like it, it, Major League Baseball is one of those things where like the show is about me. I'm gonna I'm gonna dictate the pace of this game, and like nerds on Reddit have shows like, oh, it's not just an unspoken thing that Angel Hernandez sucks. We have we have data to show that Angel Hernandez does not know what a strike or a ball mm-hmm. is. So. So besides the point, no, this is, unfortunately, this is something that will not be fixed. There's nothing we can do about it. 
And um, well, okay, I don't know if there's not nothing we can do about it. You can hold them to accountability. Like you're not going to change, obviously, the makeup calls. I get that you won't, but you can have them talk to reporters after games. You can have, you know, you can have them report the last two minutes like the NBA does. And like, look, I don't want to get to the point of like the NFL where we're calling everything and we're just making sure that everything's colored where we, and we play like exactly by the rule book. I don't want that. Cause that doesn't the game flow doesn't work like that. Mm. But if you have whoever is the, is the head ref of the night say, Hey, I will take three questions from the media afterwards regarding any of the calls that I made during the game that at least gives them a little bit of pause when refing. Yeah. You know, I like the idea. I just don't know how well it would work. Right. And again, I'm not a strategist. I don't know Mm -hmm. how the league works. I'm just saying that's an option. It is a thing that you can do. And if you work it out and if you strict, if you structure it correctly, it could, it could lead to some accountability on their end because they Mm -hmm. don't currently have much except for, you know, when we catch hot mics. Yeah. To your point, I think with egos aside, that would be like, I guess the the best option to to hold officials accountable, like having like the crew chief or whoever answer questions at the end of the night about specific calls during the game, um, I think is good. But on the flip side too, you're, you don't have guys without egos. So like a guy like Angel Hernandez, who God knows why he's still officiating major league baseball games is going to be that person's like, Oh yeah, I was the, like that was the right call. Like regardless, mm-hmm. even if, even if video data, whatever shows that he's wrong. And I think, I don't know what the officiating like, uh, economic makeup is. Cause I know that there's a reason why angel Hernandez is employed and it's because of the umpires union. I'm sure there's a referee union in the NFL, NHL and all this stuff. So, <sighs> That then that becomes a messy. Like, what happens if a guy has a bad game? Like, are you going to fire him just because he had one bad game, or because he built a reputation of not calling games correctly? So, with with Peel's case, it was a deliberate, uh, a deliberate changing of the game in his own hands, right? So he called something that probably wouldn't have been a penalty and made it a penalty and tried to shift the momentum of the game. So. It's tough. It's hard. And um, I like the idea of accountability. I think a lot of there, there's a lot of like behind the scenes stuff that we don't know about. And um, I think I, I would, that would be, I feel like that'd be an interesting crash course. There you go. New ideas. I'm gonna, I'll have to, I'll have to research that cause, to see what they do for officials. Cause I know they do it. They do something, but that's behind the scenes outside of the media eye and all that jazz. So Noel, your conversation is inspiring. Thank you. I try my best. <laughs> I run a podcast, don't you know? Oh, no way. What's it called? <sighs> the CNC Replay. The CNC I feel like Sports you be... Podcast. Yes. Never heard Rock of it. I've, I've, I've never. I've only listened to the CNC Sports. Ah, gosh, I said it wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Who's next? I think we got to talk about the Pistons. They're they're. Yeah. Yeah, making moves. So, what do we want to talk about first? Do we want to talk about how we, we as a staff, were comparing Blake Griffin to this white knight, and now he's completely hated by the rest of Pistons Twitter? Or should we actually talk about the moves that the team made? We, we can take. I feel like we can talk about both. Well, we're going to talk about both, but what do we talk about first? Is the real question. Blake Griffin. Duh. We always leave it for Blake Griffin. Oh yeah. Have any other topics? This is this is this is is week two. We're on the. We're talking about the Pistons about a player who is no longer no longer on the Pistons. (laughs) Blake Griffin. He goes to literally right now the most stacked team of the Nets. Of course, he's not gonna. He's not. What do you expect, Nets fans? What it like? What it, what is like? It's it's dumb to me to think. Like, obviously, yeah, okay, we know Blake Griffin is not like a all star caliber of a player anymore, but like, he's still really good. People are hating on him pretty hard, like pretty hard. Well, I think I think the issue was that um, in Blake Griffin's first game back, he dunks. 
And that was the first time he like he hadn't dunked yeah. the Pistons in like two seasons. So and then he comes back to Detroit and plays the Pistons and is dunking all over the place. And we're all thinking it's like, what the heck, Blake? Like, yeah, you had bad knees. You couldn't dunk no more. <laughs> and now you're just dunking all over the place. And I, I he got into some, he got into a scuffle with, was it Isaiah Stewart? Was that, was that who it was? I didn't even see I that. I wouldn't be really. surprised. Yeah. I think like the guy. Yeah. Like there was like bad boys was trending on, on Twitter. And I, I was looking through it. And I'm like, what the heck just happened? And then I saw like, you know, like if Blake Griffin was getting kind of roughed up a little bit and, and like, I don't know if that was just like the Pistons kind of listening to the fans because even before that game, everyone was ready to like boo Blake Griffin. Cause you know, now he's has some more success, even though he wasn't playing for us. And it's like, like what? Like where do we go for and and then it's like he took a cheap shot apparently at somebody and then you know Isaiah Stewart retaliated and all this stuff and it's like you don't mess with Detroit we're Detroit tough blah like all all this jazz and uh, now Pistons fans hate Blake Griffin uh, so what a what a turn of events but that means uh, humanity yes Pistons Blake Griffin jerseys are gonna be even cheaper perfect you find <laughs> one you buy one let me know big brain energy right here to get cheap pistons jerseys but i mean hey if that's because i was thinking about it again pistons twitter is a blast we've said that in in Mm -hmm. in episodes past and the pistons are not good like they like i we we've said you know the young guys have been you know playing well and you know producing putting up some big numbers like uh, Sadiq Bay had another big game uh, not too long ago uh, Jeremy Grant's heating up again um, I think he scored thirty something points against uh, the Raptors like two weeks ago or something like that um, but like you know they, we see some flashes of the young guys doing you know cool stuff but they're still losing. Like they're not they lost three straight this week. Yeah. And they're playing the Raptors tonight. Um, and the Raptors aren't very good right now. So they're hoping that, um, you know, the Pistons can squeak out something. Um, but Pistons only play well against good teams. Um, so most likely they will lose. Um, but I, I'm just drawing comparisons to the Red Wings. Cause it's like, well, we just gushed over Dylan Larkin last week about his huge play that he had. And, you know, Fabry's been playing out of his mind, but still the production, isn't where we want it to be. And, but the, the, the sides of Twitter, it's like doom and gloom over on the Red Wings side. And the Pistons is like, Hey, we're bad, but so yeah, <laughs> like, well, let's have a, let's have a blast. Let's punch Blake Griffin in the face. Bad boys. Pistons are back. Like, like just all this stuff. So like, sure. I Like I'll jump on board. Like I'm cool with it. Like, I guess we, I mean, I don't really hate Blake Griffin, but like, if that means, you know, whatever that means, you know, some excitement will happen on the interwebs. Why not? So your thoughts, I don't know if you guys were paying attention to that or not. No. Yeah. <laughs> paying atten- well, Chris no, is I watching mean, hockey. I mean, not to the, I, I'm talking about paying attention to the Pistons. Uh, like, no, you probably, you probably don't care what I have to say. That's fine. <laughs> no, I think, I think you're right. I think it's, yeah, it's, I think, just from being, because I think Red Wings and Pistons Twitter are the two that I'm most involved in with our account, just because obviously they're playing right now. So that's the most active. Um, but like Red Wings Twitter is very much like, I'm depressed, but I'm okay. Like I'm depressed, but I'm going to make a <laughs> meme about it. Like that's what yeah. Red Wings Twitter is. And then Pistons Twitter is like, I'm fired up even though we're losing. Like that, those yeah, are the two yeah. like vibes that I get from either side. Um, yeah. So it's, it's just interesting to like go back and forth between the two because sports fans in general are just hot and cold Yeah, all the time and they flip flop within hours. So it, it's, it was really interesting to watch like the Blake Griffin decline on, on Pistons Twitter and just be like, guys, it's, it's been two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Let the man live. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. And I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at some other notes um, from the, the trade deadline that happened. Chris, do you have anything that you would like to say about the uh, Blake Griffin uh, scandal front and center? <laughs> no, to be honest with you, 
out of the four things that I've been paying attention this week, the Pistons were by far the one I was slacking on the most. So sure. I know I know his first game when he scored two points, like it was it was his one dunk, right? When it was mm-hmm. his first game back mm-hmm. and he dunks. I haven't like since he's gone. I haven't been paying much attention to the Nets. Uh, like, has he been actually having like success? Like, is this off like, the bench? Yes, off the bench. Yeah. Oh, off the bench. Yeah. Like, that's the thing is, like, I fully expect him to be a bench player. Like, I, I like, obviously, he's going to <laughs> Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. Like, yeah, you're going to be on the bench, buddy. Sorry. Like, there's no, there, there's no other way around it. But like, I mean, maybe since he's a bench player, he can dunk now. Like, maybe that's why he's like, oh, I'll do a dunk because I'm going to go sit for the rest of the game. Like. I mean, mm-hmm. when his he was knees playing, are like fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm not going to be running for 48 minutes and then <laughs> and just t- doing a dunk and then wrecking my whole night. Like he's like, okay, I'll go out here, I'll play a few few minutes, maybe do a dunk or two. But I mean, I think people are kind of taking it a little too far from what it sounds like. But I mean, that's just my two cents. I mean, we, he was our workhorse. Like, was he not him and Jeremy Grant? Like. He was our he was our workhorse. So like, yeah, oh now he's a bench player and now he can dunk. So like, okay. Who cares? Like that's that's if that's if that's it, that's it. But like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Also, if I was in Detroit, <laughs> I know it's hate to I hate to say it, but like it's hard to try. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's hard for those star caliber they need to, and it's a shame that they aren't, but like it's hard for these star calibers to get up get up and actually start doing stuff. But yeah. I don't know. That's my uh, two cents. Yeah. All right. No, we I, want to talk about people that or trades. What do you? I'm sorry, Corey. I cut you off. Go ahead. No, no. I was I was just saying. I agree. I, I'm I'm looking at another uh, article of why Blake Griffin is now number one enemy in Detroit. Oh, um, good. Uh, talking about him saving some money. <laughs> it's mostly just about him playing well. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he got he got uh, Isaiah Stewart to eject over flop and. And whatever. So I guess fans are upset that he was holding back, which we already kind of talked about. Um, so, uh, but I think our uh, predictions for the Pistons were were not true. Wayne Ellington did not get traded. Uh, yeah. we, we, we traded for Corey Joseph mm-hmm. um, for DeLon Wright, and we got two second round picks. Um, I, I guess this is. This, is, this was more of a salary dump, it looks like, because I'm just looking into this, and he's only played like one game um, for the Pistons or one or two, because I guess I, COVID makes things weird, and you have to like you know get a test before you can you know be cleared and whatever. Um, however, uh, let me pull you guys up. Uh, this guy is, I think he's under contract for next year. I was looking at it again, um, but. I think the real thing is the second round picks, which in the NBA second round picks don't really mean anything. Um, but all of our picks from last year's draft are playing for the Pistons right now. And, you know, playing in some sort of role. Um, who's the guy from, was it Mississippi? Um, he's the point guard. He blew up after we got rid of Derek Rose. I'm trying to think I can't, this is really bad that I'm blanking in the middle of this podcast, but, but, all, all three of our picks from last year are on the roster and playing. So if, if any team in the NBA is going to get something in production out of their second round picks, it's going to be the Pistons. Mm-hmm. Because for the sheer lack of Seku being our longest tenured Piston who was drafted two years ago, yeah. at this point we just need some bodies. So um, no fireworks for the Pistons. Corey Joseph may or may not be here next year. I was, according to some of the things that I've been reading. Um, but uh, two second round picks and a player for one on paper works for me. Works Why for not? me. Works for me. Why not? So yeah, that's about it. Um, what are we talking about next? We're talking about the Lions. Can't Lions. wait. The NFL more. Yeah. Chris, do you want to take away uh, the, the draft happenings? Do you have, yeah. do you have that? Okay. Okay. I'm very excited. So, if you're a Dolphins fan, God bless you. Holy cow. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I know that I know this is a Detroit sports podcast, but we have to bring up the Miami Dolphins to bring up as to exactly what is going on. The Miami Dolphins traded away their number three overall spot. And I have to confirm it again. 
but they got two first round picks for it and they got a 12th was it Corey, I wish Corey was here to back me up because he he's he's very good at understanding and, and remembering things. But and I, anyways, they traded up and then they traded back down to number six. So basically in layman's terms, this means the San Francisco now has a number three overall pick. It is a quarterback rich draft. My guess is that there's the first four off the board are going to be quarterbacks. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, uh, I think San Francisco, and this is going to be the hot take. I think San Francisco is going to take Justin Fields now because they obviously took Miami's spot. And then uh, Trey Lance is going to go off the board. Or here's the thing. So here, here's here's where I'm getting all excited about this. And this is where the big controversy is, is at pick number four. I was even I watching ESPN. The first header just said that San Francisco's for sure taking a quarterback. Yeah, duh, that's pretty much guaranteed. But Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and then – San Francisco is going to take Justin Fields, Trey Lance. I don't think they're going to take Mac Jones, but they could. Then it's the Falcons. There's controversy with the Falcons because Matt Ryan still has like three years left on his contract and he's still fairly healthy. They can get a a stud right now if they want to, no problem. And they can have him sit on the bench, kind of a whole Rodgers Favre scenario if they want to. Depending on what they do is I think it's going to end up what's going to happen with – the Lions pick because at this point people are saying Kyle Pitts can still be an option. People are saying oh. who is, I know I, oh. they're saying you don't like Kyle Pitts. It, what success rate have we had with drafting tight ends? <laughs> I agree. But what if we had two tight ends, but uh, truthfully, here's there's, there's Kyle Pitts. There's Panay Sewell. There is Jalen Waddle, Jamar miss. chase. What? Penny Sewell is a can't miss. Yeah, exactly. So Jamar Chase, oh, not Jamar. Yeah, Jamar Chase and Micah Parsons. And at this point, I'm very happy because I have what happened with the Stafford trade and with the picks that we've made in the offseason because we can at this point pick any position we want to. Like we don't have to pick a defense if we if we really don't want to. But I have a feeling that depending on what happens with the Falcons, I think that if I had to bet that if they trade, they're going to they're going to trade to somebody who needs a quarterback, and then Trey Lance is going to go off the board, or they're going to keep and they're going to uh, take Panay Sewell. I don't think they're going to take a quarterback. They're staying there. So if not, that means that because before that we have obviously the Bengals are going to take. So we have a lot of starting positions now for multiple different areas. If you want to go quarterback, I don't think we're going to obviously because it's golf, but we could. We do Jamar Chase. We can do Jalen Waddle. You could do any side of the field at this point. So it's going to be fun coming up leading to the draft as to what people suspect is going to happen. Because at first everyone was saying, oh, we're taking Micah Parsons for sure. And that was like a couple weeks ago on all the mock drafts. And now they're like, oh, actually, we think that Jamar Chase is probably going to be on the board now because everything that's happened. So maybe they're going to take Jamar Chase. So it's probably going to go – it's going to go offense or defense, obviously. But I think it's going to either go be like wide receiver or we're going to take Micah Parsons at linebacker. But very exciting. A lot of changes. A lot, a lot, a lot of changes. No, I that with that whole like trading up and down this early mm-hmm. uh, before the draft. That's crazy. Like I was a little bit yeah. surprised to see the the uh, the 49ers trade up to third. Like like what the drafts at the in the middle of April, right? Something like yeah. that. Um, this early because I mean you see trades on draft day all the time and even in the first round you'll see guys or you'll see teams trade up at the end but that's mostly just based off of who's going and who's left and whatnot um this is very very rare to see a trade like this happen this early before the draft and even so um to see another trade immediately after that the Dolphins get back into the what is it the top five um after that so I've been listening a lot on what people are saying um I think it would be, and I don't think that the Dolphins are going to draft a quarterback. I think it would be quite silly for the Dolphins to draft a quarterback because you just basically gave up on Tua for, for you know, a, a season where he wasn't completely healthy and, you know, didn't even have a full yeah, season. Ridiculous. So, uh, but he did, I mean, Fitzmagic was tearing it up and then blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that's beside the point. Um, I've heard the Alabama connection. 
um, that one of the Alabama receivers are going to go at five so they can give to a, a weapon because uh, Miami's receiving core, like it's not as bad as the lions right now, but it's still like not great. Pretty bad. Um, they're, they're lacking like a true number one um, receiver. So I think, cause they have two first round picks uh, in the top 15. So they, they're going to go wide receiver with one of those. It's just a matter of, of which pick. And, mm-hmm. I think it would make sense to go the Alabama route for Tua because he has chemistry with these guys. Um, um, but as a side note, with all of this craziness happening, do we really believe the Lions couldn't draft out of three last year? Yeah. Because they said no one wanted to trade with them. Yeah. Now, that could be their own fault, which it probably is because everybody knew they weren't going to take a quarterback. Uh, but still with San Francisco who has a quarterback and who has had reports saying that there's no intention to trade Jimmy Garoppolo right now trades up to a prime quarterback taking spot. And then Miami gets back into the top five too in a very quarterback heavy, you know, first half of the Mm -hmm. draft. So the speculation that's there and yet we, we don't even know for sure if both teams I mean, we know for sure one of those teams is going to take a quarterback is going to, they're both taking quarterbacks. Um, So to further speak on the ineptitude of the last regime, (laughs) there's no way that no one was going to trade with them because, because that is a prime quarterback taking pick and who knows someone trades to get three and then they take Justin Herbert and now they're a completely different franchise. Um, So lines were dumb. Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn should not have jobs in the NFL ever again. I'm shocked. Well, not shocked because Patricia just goes back into the Belichick coaching tree, but I don't know where Bob Quinn's at. He shouldn't be anywhere because he's bad at making decisions. Um, but um, to speak for what the Lions are going to do, I they I was listening to some sports talk radio. I think they're, they're saying we're going to take the best player available. So if that's a quarterback, we're going to take him. If that's a linebacker, we're going to take him. If that's a wide receiver, we're going to take him. I kind of like that. Um, Cause it's yeah. not just like, we're going to fill, fill a need. It's like, no, we're going to get an a plus player because he fell to us or, you know, we need this. We just need talent on this team. Um, so if in a perfect mm-hmm. world, I would like the lions to draft a linebacker because I still have no clue who's going to play linebacker for this team. So Micah Parsons and Micah Parsons ran like, yeah, a ridiculous 40. Times. It, was like, it was like a, yeah, like, it was like a four, four or something yeah. like that which is is scary. Like wide receivers run four fours, not linebackers. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm I would I would be deathly afraid of of a of a large man running four four forty. Yep. Running. You don't Come. want that mass coming at you at that velocity? Yeah. No, nah, that's not one of the things I'd really like to have happen. Um but instant it, death. Right. But if Penny Sewell falls I think that's even perfect. Yeah. You build one of the best. I don't think he will. Um, Cause he's no. everybody's saying like, this guy is going to be a stud and for all intents and purposes, he will be a stud. Um, so really it's just going to come down to the, the lions taking their player at wherever they are is going to come down to who gets taken before. Wow. Shocking analysis, Corey, but still it seems like every day we are, we go from, Oh, five quarterbacks are going to get taken. No, maybe only two. It's like, oh, uh, Zach Wilson is the premier number two uh, pick in the draft. Uh, but Justin Fields might jump him because, like, the Lions attended uh, Zach Wilson's pro day. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I that I don't think. I hope that that means that they think he's going to drop and that they're not trying to think about trading up to get him. I think that would be yeah not smart. Um, so I think I hope that means that they're thinking he could potentially fall to them. Um, so I'll be shocked. It's solely going to. I will be shocked. It's solely going to depend on who gets taken for that. And honestly, I think now with all these things that we're seeing, that the Lions are going to hold on to that pick um, and then take who's ever the best there. Um, so those are my thoughts. I don't know. I don't know what Good anybody thoughts. else thinks. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Chris, well done with the analysis. I like that. Thank you. And you said you didn't do your homework this week. Oh, not on the Pistons. Everything else? 
pretty much locked down. We got to get better at that. We we are Pistons fans. Like we do we we do follow the Pistons. I have followed the Pistons a lot more this year. Um which is I guess a terrible year to follow the Pistons, but that's beside the point. Um but yeah, not much on the Lions front. Um however, what should be and I don't know why it isn't already a statewide School is closed. Work is closed. Holiday. Opening day. Let's go. 2021. Detroit, Michigan. Is it April 1st? That's April 1st. Thursday, April 1st. Thursday, Thursday, April 1st. In the sleet. In downtown Detroit, we will be having baseball back i i I, it hasn't really hit me because i've been riding the high of what is michigan basketball right now but yeah you wake up on opening day and especially if you're from you know the metro detroit it's this warm and fuzzy feeling like ah we have this whole season ahead of us oh it's gonna be fun and then you know it we our souls are slowly crushed after that after we realize hey (laughs) um so I'm super excited. Baseball will be back. Um, and we're getting to the end of the spring training news. Um, and I think some of our, maybe not your greatest fears, but my greatest fears were uh, relieved um, when Tigers announced that they did not, uh, I think, uh, Reynaldo Nunez, uh, he was not going to make the team and he was supposed to be the starting first base. I don't know how you say he's the starting first baseman, um, but um the whole concern was, are the Tigers going to keep five outfielders because Akil Badu has been lights there. He's been a man. He's been a man on fire this spring. Um, and they are keeping five outfielders, which good on them because I think sending down Jacoby Jones or Victor Reyes would be a travesty given that they are major league caliber players. And you're basically just sending them down because, um, you know, the front office made a mistake and signed too many people. Um, so obviously you're not going to, get rid of Akil because um, you know, you'd have to send him to another organization and he's been your best hitter and it would make no sense. Um, so I'm really happy about that. Um, I think I don't, I don't honestly, I don't even know who's going to start the starting five or the uh, starting five, uh, the starting three outfielders. Uh, yeah, I, well, either. I mean, it'll be, I would think it would be Robbie Grossman and left. I would think it would be Jacoby Jones in center. And then, Akil is not going to start opening day regardless of what we think. So I I would hope it's Victor Reyes, but then also what do you do with Nomar Mazzara? He's, he had a visa slash COVID thing, so he couldn't get to spring training on time. Um, But he just hit his first home run, which is an opposite field home run, which is really rare for Mm -hmm. him in spring training uh, this past week. Um, So I think Victor Reyes starts for them right now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, see, it's no, I, I was pretty surprised because that guy that guy smokes uh you know the ball on the right side of the field. Um but yeah, I think that'll that'll be your opening day start um starting outfield. Um and then mm-hmm. J Heimer, Jamer. I mean I, I like to call him uh Heimer Condelario, but the announcers call him Jamer. Um yeah, so he He'll he'll start at first. Uh, Willie Castro will be your shortstop. Jonathan, well, I guess Scope was playing at first base too, but Scope will probably be your second baseman. Um, who would start at third, or maybe Scope? Would, I, no, oh, correct. Maybe maybe it might be <laughs> it might be Scope at first. Uh, Condelario at third. Uh, Goodrum at second, and Castro at short. And then your opening day starter is Matt Boyd, who, by the way, MLB.com ranked him as the 30th out of 30 opening day starters, which is what oh, <laughs> I don't boy. think that's true. I don't think that's true. I, I would rather have him over Kyle Gibson of Texas. So he was like five spots ahead of him. Um, but did they go off of like last year's stats as opposed yeah. to like spring training, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Well, okay with that. Makes a little bit of sense then. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, Tigers always have trouble with Cleveland, so maybe that goes in with it too. Um, so Boyd will be your starter. Uh, Wilson Ramos will be catching, and then obviously Cabrera at DH. Um, <laughs> they will get uh, Shane Bieber, who was a man on fire. I know I've said that twice about players in the baseball segment, but um, 
had the pitching triple crown last year, I think of both mm-hmm. leagues and was the best pitcher. I mean, albeit he was playing against the central who was buns for, I mean, on both sides of the, you know, the senior circuit in the American league. Um, so people are saying like, Oh, that was kind of a fluke, but no, Shane Bieber was, was supposed to be a good pitcher coming into last year. And he's going to be a really good pitcher again this year. Let's see what he can do with the full season. So honestly, I kind of expect a loss opening day uh, just because the Tigers, for whatever reason, can't play against play well against the Indians. Um, But Mm -hmm. I do think it'll be low scoring obviously on, you know, Bieber's side. Um, But I think Boyd's going to put something, something special together. I don't think it's going to be, you know, he's not going to be able to find the strike zone. I think, I think his last few starts in spring training have been real encouraging. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I could very, I could very well see, um, I could very well see Tigers losing like three to one on opening day. I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to say, you know, bet on that, even though I might be, who knows. Um, but I could see that happening, and then it kind of just falls apart on the weekend series because um, they can't beat Cleveland. Uh, Jose Ramirez will hit a home run at some point on opening day. I don't know when it will be, but he will hit a home run against the Tigers because Jose Ramirez is a gnat and a thorn in the Detroit Tigers' side, standing at mm-hmm. s- standing at five foot two or however tall he is at. But mm-hmm. um, but we have a rotation. Julio Tehran. Uh, made the rotation. Tarek Skubal made the rotation. Uh, Casey Mize and Michael Fulmer were fighting Casey for the Mize. last <laughs> But everybody was talking about how Casey Mize is like, oh, like he's got good stuff. He's, you know, he's put it together. Casey Mize really only had one good start in spring training, and that was against Toronto, whose lineup is is Toronto's going to give New York and Tampa a run for their money in that division uh, because I, I don't see any holes in that lineup. But Casey Mize was was brilliant against them, and that was a game where the majority of Toronto's lineup was was playing. Um, what he had nine strikeouts in like mm-hmm. five innings, which is I'll, I'll take that any day of the week. But you know, guys are like saying, "Oh, he's turned the page." It's like, well, let let's let's see because Scooball was Scooball deserved to have. Uh, a rotation spot he pitched really well he had a sub two era in spring again spring it's only so much you can take away from it but he was pitching with confidence authority he had good command and casey mize he wasn't awful but he wasn't great and you kind of saw some of the things that made him not as successful as school and both of those guys were not very successful i mean school had a win but his era wasn't anything to you know, say like, Oh, this was great. Um, Mize was worse than that. And he didn't record a win last year at all. So I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I hope that's him turning the page, but I don't think that it's like, okay, one spring training start and he lights it up. Like, like we need to see some more and, you know, against actual major league hitters. And I think, and I hope he can, he can turn that around. Um, and Michael Fulmer, <laughs> it's really funny. Those guys were like, Hey, you guys, or the team was like, you guys are fighting for the last rotation spot. Um, show us what you got. And they both pitch exceptionally well that day. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool to see. Um, but other big news, uh, Joe Jimenez last year's closer who lost his closing job was sent down to the minors. Um, which was needed. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he was not striking anybody out. His velocity was down. He didn't have any confidence. And, uh, he was, he like, it was like, <laughs> no, I don't know how, how close attention you pay to some of like, like tiger's Twitter, or just like some weird, interesting stuff. Um, you ever heard of the Fernando Rodney experience? No, no, stop. So, <laughs> so Fernando no. Rodney, Fernando Rodney yeah. had, <laughs> he had multiple stints with the Tigers um, and wasn't a bad pitcher. He was not like, like he was an all-star with Tampa Bay. I think he was an all-star with us. Uh, <laughs> he has his, his numbers like go, go find a Fernando Rodney baseball card or look at his baseball reference page. His numbers are polarizing. He will either be lights out ridiculously unhittable, or he'll have like a seven ERA. And uh, it, it, like he'll either strike out the side or walk six straight batters. 
like and so that's like oh that's the fernando rodney experience it's gonna be it's gonna be electric we just don't know which way it's gonna be so <laughs> so I don't, i'll never forget every like near well, especially when he, was, he was a reliever and near every game because i would watch a game with my dad probably like once every like 10 days and for some reason every game i watched it'd be top of seven going into the bottom of seven we'd be up by one run and then comes fernando rodney and every time like every time i watched he lost the game like consistently the fernando rodney experience yep oh my goodness gracious that just pulled something out of a a deep memory Corey. <laughs> i know i know so to to my to my point um Jimenez last year and the or in the tail end of the year before he was the bad Fernando Rodney experience and would just walk guys and you come in it's like oh I don't know if he's gonna get anybody out so hopefully this will be good for him because even before he came out I was a huge Joe Jimenez uh, defender because every single level of the minors he dominated like like sub two ERA dominated and even into AAA was in that same category and was dominating the lower levels. And then he comes to Detroit, he's an all-star and it's like, maybe we found our closer of the future. And then just gone poops the bed, you know? So a guy like, it's a different story. Cliff Lee, um, former, uh, Cy Young award winner, um, kind of a journeyman. Cliff Lee was sent down to the minors before he became Cliff Lee and world series champion Cliff Lee. Um, so, and that was kind of, he had already had a couple seasons under his belt. He was DFA and then he came back up and he was like, Oh my goodness, this is a, one of the best pitchers in major league baseball. So I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that guys can turn their careers around after a, I guess a middle of their career, uh, assignment um we saw that with uh anibal sanchez when he stunk um he was sent down to the minors and then he signed elsewhere and had he strung a couple really good seasons um with the nationals um before he was fine he finally retired after that so it doesn't have to be a death sentence and unfortunately with the way jimenez was pitching um you can't have him pitch on a major league roster like that so but have him work some things out in the minors and maybe you'll see the good side of the of the fernando rodney experience in joe jimenez again so i don't know but i'm excited um downtown detroit will be electric i'm not going to the game but i might be down there just hang out with some buddies um so I haven't decided yet. It's going to be really cold. It's going to like snow. It's like a high of 36 degrees. So, so naturally, naturally that's an opening day in Detroit. Yeah. That's going to be a fun season. But yeah, so I'm all for it. Um, do we have anything? Chris, are you, are we, are we delaying again? Okay. We're off. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm One just, more. I, I apologize. It's uh. Life's been life's okay. been fun. So you're studying. No. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Chris is being an adult. He can't talk about sports all day. I mean, if that, somebody wants to pay us to talk sports all day, we'll I will have we will them. well, these two will take it. I will still have my job. Well I'll have my job too. Like I'll be doing things. I don't just sit on my butt all day. Uh, okay. I'm not saying you do. <laughs> Man. Yeah, you, yeah, you are. I'm I did not. You were assuming. I was saying never mind okay. and you know what happened with that <laughs> you, know, you know you know what happens when you assume i do i can't say that on air because i could get fired yes we don't need that there you go it's not a good look not make something make something out of you and me you can fill <sighs> in the blanks <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening yet another week. This is episode nine. We're almost on 10 episodes of the CNC replay. It's been a ride. It's been fun. It's going great. Uh, please, uh, please continue to uh, show us all the love you can in person, but remember to hit us up on social media. And uh, as always, thank you guys so much. And we will see you next hold time. On, hold on. I got, I got, I got to say something like, honestly, like we do have social media and um, we do use it. So like we give you full permission, like make fun of us on social media if you want to. Like <laughs> Do say so. like say Corey it stinks. I can smell him through the the podcast interwebs. Um 
or say his takes suck and then say how Chris is a boring adult and say how Noel is just boring period. Oh, oh, I didn't, I didn't say that you No, I run the, I run, I do most of the Twitter social media stuff. Corey's the only one here that has his personal, so you can fire at him on either one. And I will make sure he gets the one from our, from our team account. No, we're trying to get into the sports. We're trying to get into the sports memes, which the, uh, the, uh, photo of a lower half only Bertuzzi um, was was quite gold from our social media team. So give Thank give you. a round of applause you. Uh, to our social media team. So if you want to see more of that, you know, call us out. And, uh, who doesn't? Yeah, who doesn't? So, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, and if you could rate us five stars on whatever platform you're listening from, that would also help boost us. At um, the algorithm takes that and boosts it to the front of the search page and it uh, allows us to be able to reach more people that are not uh, related and or connected to us in any way, which is what we're aiming for. Cause I'm pretty sure all of those connected to us are already listening. So <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> <sighs> well, always thank you guys. Thank you so, so much. And uh, we will see you next week. Go blue. Bye. <laughs>